Hi, this is Jack Tester, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Lounge. I'm not in my office today. I'm a little Canada, Minnesota, at in what's called a dream room of Aquarius Home Services, sitting with the owner, Jeff Doherty. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing great. Thanks, Jack. Well, I want to describe the room for folks here. So this looks like the inside of a an upper-end Northwoods cabin. It's got kind of a stone fireplace, knotty pine, big mounts of elk, deer, and and what did you, just, just so we can start here, give me the idea of this dream room. Um, the dream room comes from, and actually came from an, um, a Michael Gerber idea, actually, okay. from e which affected me pretty strong initially in yeah. business after I read that book. And he wrote another book, I think it was called Awakening the Entrepreneur Within. And he talked in the book about an imaginary place um, that when you start a business or you start a new career, there's a, an excitement, uh, this unknown, this uh, mm-hmm. huge expectation, this, this, this feeling that you have when you start something new. And he talks in the book about, you know, over time, that, that feeling seems to get away from us, which it does based on the world right. of business. And so he talked about an imaginary place that you close your eyes and go to um, just lay back and go back to that day when you started your business and, and think about how you felt that day and, and don't forget that and, 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 and fight through and be able to release the day-to-day grind and be able to rethink and re um, keep your business going yeah. in, in a good direction. And, and so when I was figuring out this building, um, when we were going to uh, design it, I thought instead of that imaginary place, let's just put a real dream room within the building. And uh, that's what it was all based on. The idea was his was an imaginary place. And I said, well, let's really build a dream room. And that's what we did in our business. And a lot of companies will go away to retreats yep. to get away from the yep. sound of the whirlwind, right. um, the phones ringing and everything. And I thought, you know, let's be able to do that every day here. Well, and this, this room is used probably in our business um, four or five times per day. It's a great place to bring in people. Um, when we're interviewing, sure. Um, and you, you notice you've been in this room with us before. And Nexstar has had some meetings here. We have. Um, you hear people more clearly. You're more relaxed. You're able to think. Um, yeah. And so it was just uh, an idea, and it really worked out really, really well for us. Well, so. it's beautiful. You got comfortable chairs in here. So I just want to let people know kind of where I am. And okay. so um, thank you, Jeff, for agreeing to this conversation. Well, appreciate you. So. Honored that you would. Have the conversation. Well, let's, 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 what we're going to do is you've got a unique journey through this industry that I wanted you to share, okay. and you've agreed to share. And uh, But what I'd like to do right now, just to give, kind of, give folks kind of an idea who I'm talking to, just describe your business as it sits today in 2020. Okay. 2020, um, we primarily built our business around water treatment. We started that 33 years ago, uh, my brother and I. And then uh, today, we've three years ago, we started... Um, uh, the heating and air side of our business. About five years ago, we started some plumbing um, related to water treatment. And so that's been growing pretty significantly in our HVAC side of our business. Uh, our goal is to be full trade. We do have two master electricians, which we're okay. entering into that. Um, we want to be able to help people with everything, the one-stop shop for the utility room. Um, HVAC's growing very quickly. We already have 40 technicians in the field in the three years. Um, and we grew at 88% last year. Jeez. So it's moving along quickly. Uh, we have had some, some uh, good um, acquisitions to help us along the last since we started this venture. Yeah. So we're still about probably 75% water treatment uh, overall. Um, and the other 25% is made up with our HVAC and our, and our water treatment. Um, we did, um, since 2016, we've grown 
we've doubled our business. So in four years, um, we grew 26% last year. Our revenues was uh, 26 million. Um, our goal this year is 32 million, and it's kind of the pace we're okay. on. Um, so and profits have been, you know, solid. So yeah. Well, your business is different in that you know you're in the Twin Cities here, so I'm in what's called the inner ring of the 694 Loop, right on the inner ring. You're right off the freeway. Got a beautiful signage here, mm -hmm. but you just don't work in the Twin Cities. You've got branches or locations, and I'm going to name the cities that I know: mm -hmm. Appleton, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. Brainerd, yep. Alexandria, Minnesota. Yep. Brainerd's in Minnesota too. Where am I missing? Mora, uh, Mora, Minnesota, yeah. Bemidji, Minnesota, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Um, so there's seven in Minnesota total, um, and then we have five in Wisconsin locations. And, and a lot of these started out as pure water conditioning businesses or water treatment businesses. Is Correct. that right? Yeah. We have water in all 12 of the locations. 12 locations. Yep. And the uh, heating and air and plumbing we have in about four or five of them currently. We're in the, in the process of putting full services into all the stores. So, so your model is, is you know, not just a, a big location in a big metro here. It's across, really, the upper Midwest. I mean, I don't know that we have a member that's got as many locations and as many smaller, what I call, rural hubs that, right. you've done, that you do. So right. just let people kind of know what you got going on. Right. All right? So you got a great business. It's beautiful. I have all the Nexar businesses I've been in. Yours is as modern and unique as any that I've seen. So it's a if you're in the Twin Cities and you want to see a cool place, it's Aquarius Home Services for sure. And Jeff's a good guy. But I want to talk about your journey because it's different. Mm -hmm. You um, you grew up in the trade, but what trade did you grow up in? Tell us about your father and your grandfather, or your father, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, gra Grandpa started in a small town in southern Ohio called Shilakathi, um, a small business that was Doherty Appliances. And um, he started so that like back in the 50s, refrigerators okay. and washers and dryers. Okay. He was typical small town USA, the small family business in the small town. And um, he, he, he uh, built that business and was very successful. But he was always, you know, at the, at their, at the office every day there at 530, the typical, typical business owner of that era. And it came time for grandpa. Well, my dad actually started. We got into the water business because um, in in the early 50s, Mr. Lindsay and Mr. Culligan started this industry together, and uh, Lynn Lindsay, um, somehow through Lindsay, uh, Grandpa got connected because of his appliances, and that's kind yep. of one of the directions they went. So he started selling water softeners there, Lindsay yep. water softeners. And my dad sold appliances and water softeners for, for Grandpa, and then um, he got an opportunity to move to Minnesota when I was five years old. So back in well, that's the where Lindsay's headquartered, right? Is that Lindsay was headquartered in Woodbury? Yep, yep. Right. And so your dad was in, got in the water business, left the family, left the family business. appliance business, and went to the yeah, went followed the water business. And he came up here to run a company, Lindsay Store, a retail store. Right. And he worked his way up through the ranks to the national sales manager for Lindsay, uh, responsible for for uh, all the sales um, through dealerships in the United States. So. Um, and he was there for quite a while. He was next in line to become president of Lindsay, but never went that next step. Uh -huh. And then um, a company um, came out called Kinetico back in the early 1970s. And they built a better mousetrap for the industry. And they built this non-electric water treatment system. And Dad, when he left Lindsay, became a rep for um, Kinetico and went around set up dealers around the Midwest. Okay. And that's kind of where our path kind of... So were you, were you working in the industry then, or how old were you when this was going on? 
I was in college. I went to college for football, and like I think a lot of football players, I went to college in, to get an art degree with football. A football player with an art degree. degree. That's a unique it was, skill yeah, set. I wasn't the best student, so <laughs> art's always easy. I'm always pretty good at drawing and stuff. So, anyways, I went through uh, four years of and became a got a major, a master's, and uh, I mean, excuse me, a bachelor's in fine arts. So, okay, um, and. Uh, and along the way in college, I was making my way through through um, selling water softeners and okay. was doing really well with it. So I just felt like, you know, the art industry is kind of tough to make a living in. And I was doing well selling water softeners. So my brother, who just got out of high school and I graduated from college, we started Aquarius, a retail store, Aquarius Water Conditioning, together. Where was that That located? was in 1987, and that was in North St. Paul, a little rented shop. And when we started it, we had nothing. There was no... Phone, you know, we started the phone. We, we, uh, how we started the business is we would drive in a car to a neighborhood, and I would drop him off at one end of the street, and I would drive to the end of the street, and we would cross paths as we went by and knocked Just on knock doors, on doors, knocked on doors, and finding business because we had no advertising, and we actually did pretty well with that because we didn't have any overhead, and we both survived and. After about four years of being a partner with my brother, just the two of us, and I think we might have hired one secretary in there sometime, but um, his philosophy on how to run a business and my philosophy on how to run a business were two, I could recognize, were two different ideas. Sure. He, he loved the hunting and fishing more than he did the business, and when you're starting a business off, you know, business has to become first, and, and I was uh, the one I felt carrying the majority of the load to keep the business going. He didn't seem to have that same passion. Yeah. So I bought him out in 1991, and he bought the, uh, we did as we bought a, the Connecticut dealership in Rochester, Minnesota at the time, and when that was paid off, he owned that. That was about, nine, this is about 90 miles from where I'm sitting right now, so just give yep. you an idea out in southern Minnesota. Got it. Yep. And so, you know, I was, it was, it was uh, hard, but we always, you know, hung in there and always were able to pay our bills and kind of ran the business for about 10 years that way. And just a typical, I don't say this in yeah, a respectful way, typical, you know, in some markets in the Twin Cities is when there's a lot of water conditioning businesses around, mm -hmm. whether Culligan or, right. or whatever, or just, you know, not even branded, right? In small towns, especially, that's right. pretty common. Is that, of, is that something unique in Minnesota? Well, it was kind of the real, this is a real aware market. So really, uh, the, you know, Lynn, Lindsay being here and, uh, Culligan being here in the proximity, it really was a, a big foundation for water treatment here. And it's hard water, too. I mean, the suburbs of the Twin Cities has what's considered extremely hard water. So the surface water feeds many Alps in St. Paul, so that's a little more challenging market. We don't do much much work on the water treatment side on the you know, the city water oh, of really? Minneapolis or St. Paul, okay. very little. Most of our work's in private wells and in the suburbs. Okay. So, but yeah, but the water treatment is, it's kind of funny though, compared to like the other trades, there was a lot more water treatment companies in the Twin Cities when we started than there is today. What happened? Um, they just all seem to not make it go out of business. Uh, I don't know exactly why. Let's talk about that yeah, business why if that, I could. Because yeah. we, we sat in here. Let me tell you, I, I want to I speak to something for a minute and then come back and, and kind of get your point of view on what I say. So I've been around this industry for a fair amount of time. And, and particularly, I remember the early days of Nexstar or when someone is having a little trouble, they're a plumbing contractor. I can't have, tell you how many plumbing contractors came to me and made the proclamation that I'm going to get in and kill it in the water treatment business water conditioning business. I'm going to do these water tests 
and it's going to be huge. And I'm going to get away from this up and down demand business that we've got. Um, I've, I've heard that once. I've heard it 50 times. Right. And let me tell you what I also see, Jeff, is I don't see a lot of success. You know, I mean, virtually every plumber will do this kind of work mm-hmm. at some point. But as far as, you know, your business doing millions of dollars of it every year, that's just an outlier. I just don't see it. Why is that, Jeff? Um, I, Jack, it's a great question. I ponder that one a lot because you and I have had the discussion many times. It's probably the same reason why we think we can be better at plumbing than we maybe are. Maybe they're more different than we realize. Um, we sell a very high-end water treatment system. The average sales between probably six and eight thousand dollars versus most of the competitive products out there are half that much typically. Um, we are more of a sales organization than a service organization. I mean, that's how we founded the business. Um, the water treatment, I also think, is more of a need. Excuse me, more of a want than it I is a it. need. Okay. And I think it's easier to sell a need than it is a want. You really have to put a lot of energy into into that presentation. So our average that we spend in a home, I would guess, would be an hour and a half to two and a half hours with a customer just on water treatment. So um, just a bigger sales process to it. And I think that's where I think the plumbing industry has struggled with that because most of them aren't built to, to do that type of sales process. Right. So I think that's a big piece of it. Well, that, and that's interesting because you're right. I mean, so you go out on a demand plumbing call and there's a leak or something's not working and there's a presentation. I'm not minimizing it, but it's certainly not a two-hour pitch right. to, to close that deal. Right. And, uh, and, and with your business, I imagine you're getting into all kinds of issues relative to water quality and what's in the water. And, and I suppose there's so many, so many different options. So that's interesting. So it's a sales, you have a sales company. So yeah. most of your sales don't emanate from a service call. They emanate from someone calling and saying, I want better water. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's a big difference. And that's, that's why I'm excited about coming into the multiple trades. Why is because that? Because we're a very strong sales organization approach into heating and air and plumbing. Um, we're seeing some really good success, high closing ratios based on our sales experience in the house. Okay. And how we approach... Uh, the processes um, with with our history and along with the stuff we're learning from Nextstar that it's who we are already so it's not as right that's interesting change. too yeah because you weren't you didn't come up as a technician but right. I mean you did I know you know how to put the stuff in but yeah much more sales oriented so yeah that's a big piece of it well and, and, and let me tell you we sat here and talked to Jeff and and I I, I want to spend a little time hanging out here but to be a successful sales organization in water conditioning. There was a lot of technical things that you were sharing with me about water, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you have a depth of knowledge about water quality that I don't think plumbers have. I mean, they know how, how the system works, but as far as what's in the water and all that. And so tell me, when you, when you sit down here and you talk about what's important to share with the customer, I just want to talk about this for a minute because I think it, it really illustrates the complexities of what you do here. How do you, how do you start the conversation with the consumer? Well, the big thing we do is a lot of demonstrations. Here we're battling a clear glass of water. I mean, a lot of the time, most of the systems we sell, there isn't always the obvious issues with the water. So what we're trying to do, what we do a good job of doing, is taking that clear clear liquid and showing people what's in it. Okay. And we do that through a lot of different testing and, and demonstrations. And uh, it able to make, you know, we make 
tea, for instance, in homes uh, with their tap water and then like a purified water and just showing that the same tea bags create two different products is one of the demonstrations that really affects a lot of people. So we we spend the two hour two hours we spend in homes is a lot of those types of things. Okay. So we make conditioned water in the house when we're there. We show the customers the differences of the waters in the homes, and that's that's where we spend our spend our time doing because we're really battling a clear glass and to try that's to that's an interesting. It's yeah. try to you know to try with water that we're trying to say this you know show people this stuff is in it even though you, you don't see it or, or a lot of times smell right. it or anything. So, right. But uh, that's a big part of what we do when we talk. You know, we've also had a tremendous advantage, Jack, having a protected product um Connecticut, Connecticut product. Is, yeah. is a protected product that we have a territory that we are the dealer for and there's not other dealers and that's a major advantage that we've had and it's really helped me with business it's helped me and hurt me Tell for me the more. fact that when you have a proprietary product that's the best mousetrap in an industry it's pretty easy to be successful you know the wonderful thing about going into the HVAC business is there's 25 people or whatever in the Twin Cities selling a certain brand of of uh, heating products and we're our cooling products and and we ha we don't have that advantage so we have to become a quicker smarter better company for Connecticut it was pretty easy for us to be successful and I've always said if you can match a business model and be successful as business as good as the Connecticut product is compared to the competition you'd just be unmatched in the industry and that's that's our goal and that's why we're teamed up with Nexstar okay. because Nexstar is the business model for the trades. So. Okay. So let's start, let's talk about this. So you're you were when when you joined Nexstar it was I don't know 2008 or 9 mm -hmm. I don't remember when it was. Mm -hmm. Tell me why you joined. You're a water conditioning guy. Yeah, water the, I bet guy. the story's been you know most of the people at Nexstar has told the same story and um, I was not I, I was a water guy. I didn't know how to run the business. I didn't know what culture. You're a technician. Meant. I was a technician, yeah. a sales guy, really. And uh, I was getting tired. We had really grown, and we were we our profits were strong. I mean, we were truly making twenty percent profits back there because we had our advantage of our products and protected market we had. So it was strong, but then it started to plateau, and all of a sudden I had, you know, went from three employees to ninety nine to. I think in 2005, we had about 20 employees, 2006. And I got to the point where I wasn't having fun anymore. You know, oh, really? I was, I was the typical burned out, couldn't see the future, couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I was just frustrated. I, I saw good companies. I know they existed. I actually went around to a lot of companies, some of the good Nextstar companies in Twin Cities, and talked to them about maybe them taking over our service side of our business, and we would just do the selling and let them handle the the customer service side because it was just I was just the typical and the company wasn't being run you know the employees all weren't being directed there wasn't vision we were just doing our thing and just got to that point where I just decided I'd, and I went to try to sell it so I went to brokers and got kind of what it would be worth and looking at the formulas in which you evaluate businesses like I didn't know what I was going to do and I didn't I thought it was worth more than I thought it would be and so I kind of gathered them all together and the employees one day and morning, I think it was, this would have been 2007. I just gathered everybody together and said, I don't know how we're going to do it or what it means, but yep. I want to build a great organization. I want to really build an or a world-class operation. At that time, I really had no idea what that meant. And uh, <clears throat> strangely enough, you, you know, you, when you, when you, uh, <clears throat> 
when you change your mind or, or set direction or what I call the law of attraction is, yep. is, is a, a heavy um, used word, you know, a process, sure. thinking process is uh, all of a sudden the things start, you start to recognize, you know, the things that can help you. Okay. And so... So you're Actually, kind of existing before then, kind of working hard, and, and then all of a sudden you say, I really want to have something amazing and different and better. So the, yeah. the universe opened up things to you? What did yeah. you see? Um, I went to the bank, and I said I'd like to build a new building like we're in today. And I want to do this, you know, a design with, I want a, a workout center. I want to build a really neat place where people want to come to because we spend half our life in there. And... Um, so I went to the bank and I, and I explained what we were trying to do. And after I think at that time I'd read E-Myth and the banker said, you know, there's a guy in here yesterday and his name is Greg Neme. And I think, I think he does what you're talking about trying to do here, Jeff. And that was funny because Nexstar was in White Bear Lake where I grew up. Because he, he was said looking that, for a loan because we were moving. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's our former CEO. Great guy. Yeah. yeah. And so I called Greg and I think that that time there was only about ten, maybe ten people at Next Star as far as the a staff staff yeah. wise. And yeah. uh, I went over and met with him and Lisa, and they had the sign at the front welcoming me and all this stuff I'd never seen. And sat down with Lisa, and she did a tremendous job of Lisa White. Our yeah, Lisa person. White. Yep, yeah, still, still there doing today. it, still yep. killing it. Yeah. And she did a tremendous job of, of telling me the story of you know eating the elephant one bite at a time and all the all the parts and the, yeah. they, they talked to me about fear junction and oh. it just, you know, I had at that time opened up my mind to building something special and all of a sudden the wheels started to turn. You start to absorb, you know, the, what the universe is open for you to hear. And we started to believe that this can be done. Yep. You know, what I didn't realize though through that is that of the 20 some people that were there that day, only three of them are at Aquarius today. And that was hard. Yeah. Change is hard for people, especially when you, you weren't on a path to start with, and all of a sudden you're, you know, starting over. And How many years sudden, ago oh was that? Oh, my gosh. And that was 2000. That would have been 2008. And, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. And so it was just change and going through change when you weren't changing for all those years. People do not um, do well with that. And, and I'm sure a lot was on my shoulders for maybe not, not handling that change properly also. But anyways... The decision was made, and that change inside me allowed us to continue to grow and, and build and become a much stronger organization. And then luckily, we started right then because then the recession hit. Even though we didn't do new construction plumbing or anything, but our water treatment was connected to a lot of new construction homes. So we did really have to navigate through that recession. And uh, we made it through, but it wasn't easy. And so we got through that, and then it it's uh, just gradually been building and building, and then 2016 and on, it's really started to grow quicker. Yeah. So. What was the genesis? Because I know when you joined NextStar, I was your coach for a while. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah. And you guys are primarily a, a water conditioning business. You started to do some plumbing. Right. Uh, it seemed like it was kind of a slow build, right. from at least the perspective I had. And then, uh, but now you've seen this hockey stick, right now. What happened? Why, why all of a sudden did you double in sales in the last two years? Yeah. Um, the big piece of it, I think what it takes is you gotta, you have to kind of build a company which can change and grow and, and really take processes and really start to make them effective. We, we, we've been with Nexstar for a long time, yeah. but we really weren't 
effectively getting the processes to a point because we had so much to do um, to where they were really effective. Okay. And now I've got 22 leadership positions in the organization, 22 managers. What we're building is a place in which we can take the great processes that Nexstar provides us and truly implement them. So you got leadership now. Leadership. And we were trying to do so many, again, too many things at one time. Yeah. You know, so we're doing a percentage of everything, and then that just, you know, aren't really super effective at any. We were, you know, but in the last few years, when after the super meeting and the eight laws were talked about, which I really appreciate. He just pointed to an eight law poster here that's hanging in the dream room. Yeah. And I just, when those hit home, um, it took us a year to really come to grips with it. But that eight laws and living that and really paying attention to each feet and, and getting our processes and the, and the next our processes really yeah. truly followed is, is the difference. Cool. So, and uh, we're all in on that. I mean, that's, that's where yeah. we're at. We're going to, I just said, whoever can effectively follow the process is the best. Cause that's where the rubber really meets the road. Whoever can, can execute is who will be the best in the industry. And that's, we really feel, understand that. And, uh, that's what we're all about. But, and part of the passion of all this for me is my grandpa's business didn't, um, Did didn't survive. Yeah. Know? So he was a typical, you know, he passed away in the business, you know, went with shortly him. went with him. So, yeah. was, <clears throat> so you want to build something that's, that, that, that outlives Jeff. Exactly. And, that's, that. and, yeah. and, and have people here that, that can enjoy that too. Exactly. Is that right? Exactly. That's, that's awesome. Well, let's so talk. So we're having fun with that. So. Yeah, you are. Congratulations, man. So let's talk about the last two years. A lot of growth. Mm. What's been tough? Um, you know what? What's been like, you look back, oh, man, I had, that was a bear cat. Well, the biggest challenge always is getting everybody to go the same direction. Okay. You know, there's a, a, a paragraph in the traction. We're an EOS company, which is another thing you find is your, your, the universe opens up to you. Um, but getting the, everybody to believe fully to the level in which they'll execute. Okay. You know, and that piece of it's been the, as it's, that's with every business, is getting yeah. everybody going the same direction. But that, that paragraph in there just talks about getting everybody to rowing the same direction in your organization. You'll be unbeatable in any industry at any time is pretty much sums it up. And, and that's true. So it's just getting everybody going. Um, we've done, you know, these acquisitions have been good and bad. They're challenging. So you bought some HVAC companies. Yeah, we yeah. bought four smaller HVAC companies and, um, the last one we just bought, Freedom Air, is a fantastic company that we just purchased, and it's uh, they meet our core, they meet our values right yeah. away, um, and that's been real helpful. But sometimes it's it's kind of hard um, when someone didn't choose to come to Aquarius, and all of a sudden one morning, well, they learn that they become a, w- yeah. with Aquarius, and all of a sudden we're a different culture. That's a challenge. Well, it sounds like the same challenge that you when you went to your twenty employees. Yeah. And said we want to be world class. It sounds like all of a sudden, wait a minute, what? That's not Jeff <laughs> sounds on great. Monday. Rah <laughs> yeah. rah, great. Yeah. Until you got a reality set, right? What's right. that mean, though? Well, you if know. you think back on that, you know, because it, it, it is a challenge, and you're not the first person that said that, son, in the world, especially even on this podcast. But, but if you think back, is there anything you would do different relative to those acquisitions, either um, managing or buying, or what would you what would you do different? Well, I, no, I I wouldn't because of what I've learned from them, I would. I, I had to go through that, I think, to understand the difference of our future acquisitions um, and recognize um, what to and not do. I mean, I really okay. feel that it was important that we what would went you not the path do? we do. What would you not do? 
Um, if you can cheer. I would only buy companies that have um, value systems similar to ours. Okay. I wouldn't want to try to do that to them or us again. Okay. I want people that want to be, you know, obviously customer focused and yeah. and just have a good value system and okay and um, want to be part of the, what we're doing. Okay. You know, and, but and people you, how do you know that? Because you know, you're not talking to every employee when you go talk to a business. You're talking to the, the ownership group, well, or the owner. Being an owner and you meet with another owner, um, from what I've learned, I think if when you meet with the with the uh, other owners, you get to understand what that okay. person is, and they become part of. You know, the owner is going to really reflect typically the Got group. it. You Got it. I mean? So um, you don't have to interview the employees so much if you. When you talk to the owner, you're going to get an idea of what what a day in the life is like in that business, very especially true. these small companies yeah, and big true. companies too. Yeah, and that's kind of life. I mean, if you think about it, everybody kind of hangs out a lot with the type of people they are. Yeah. And you think about in high school, there was a group of people: the athletes, the brains, the, the football players like yeah, you, the troublemakers, yeah. Yeah. all those different groups. Yeah. And uh, and in business, the owner. Your goal and Aquarius has really evolved this way. I feel is that our people are like people. We, we are people that want to follow our core values, which are a big part of our business. And they're just not the poster on the wall, which I say many times. We probably do a better job of embedding our values in our organization than most companies. Okay. And so that's that's a big piece of all this. But that's who I am. And we came up with this so all the people that find their way to Aquarius the same way that, you know. We developed who we are. Um, people want to be part of that, and that's how we're building our business. Is we want people that want to be who we are and where we're going. And the word gets out of what we're doing, and it's kind of exciting to see the quality of people that want to be part of it. How cool is that? Yeah, it's fun. That's where you said the last year. What's been tough? The last two years have been the least tough of all the 33 years. I mean, it's... That, I want to stop, because that's so cool. Because you'd think the business is bigger and more complex than it's ever been. Yeah. You know, but just... So why is it easier or ease or the best two years? Tell me about that. Because I know... We know what we have to do to succeed. Okay. We're not trying to create or this unknown. We have... Got it. ...seen it. And the wonderful thing is to see the successful Nexstar companies. Now, we're just peanuts in this Nexstar world, which is just awesome. a big awesome. company now. But... There's stuff we have to shoot for here, and that is so exciting for me to have that and have the all the stuff that you provide for us to be able to get there. Where for the first 25 years of business, that wasn't in front of us. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know how to get there. When we have the path defined with the leadership team and the values of the organization now, it's exciting to let this happen because we're gonna we're gonna become one of those great companies that the top next star people are we see it we feel it and everybody wants to be it so what i heard there is you got a path with systems and you've got a great leadership team and what was the third one you mentioned there um values mm -hmm. company values right mm -hmm. so now you've got kind of three legs there going and yep. and you feel calm and what i sense is a lot of optimism i sense it right now it's exciting. I mean, we 10 years or three years ago, we said, well, and I know a lot of companies use this figure, but we want to be a $100 million company. We said that 10 years ago. When you three years, when I said that, excuse me, three years ago, that was our 10-year plan. When, I, when we decided that three years ago, I didn't really, it's one of those things that just, oh, you know, it's out there, but boy, what does that really mean? But now I see that the path and the speed we're growing and what's taking place, 
that is going to be very achievable, if not sooner than the 10 years. So it's just exciting to know that all the things we're doing, um, seeing the results of them yeah. and coming together, you know, the win the days, the we converted the service Titan this year and all they're doing to yeah. help along with the next star processes. Uh, um, we're just excited to be able to put all this together and have a team that gets it, you know. Um, the other strength of our organization, which I'm really proud of, is that we have some tremendous leaders here. Yeah. You know, and we've been fortunate, you know, Brooke, our president, I'm a very right brain, being an art major, I'm a very right brain person. He has a degree in economics. So he's a very strong numbers thinking, you know, okay. process. And I'm a more of the creative marketing mind. So having, you know, those type of things complement uh, yeah. throughout the organization. Um, and having people in here that kind of all work together and all have their strengths. And I think we've done a pretty good job of building a team here that really complements each other because I'm not the numbers person, you know, and, and having people in here that I trust with the numbers side of the business as far as um, you making decisions based on that you stuff. You listen to them? I do, I, I do listen to them, um, and I'm involved in it. But I really let them make decisions based on the numbers. And yeah. I, I want to be part you of some of the big that. things. I support that. Yeah. And uh, I spend more of my mind just spent on marketing and, and culture. I mean, yeah. that's where most of my days thought. And that's, I mean, if, if we're all doing our part for, you know, I get letting it. people to get their strengths, do the things that they are good at, and, and I do what I'm good at. You know, you only have so much capacity in this. Not I wonder you know. if part of your journey, Jeff, if I can, the, the capacity yeah. thing, yeah. is is it true today as you've grown this business that you're doing more of the work that you love and less that you don't? Like 20 years ago, when you were a small business, you had to do a lot of different stuff, right? I mean, there's, well, there's tasks yeah. you had to do. And I just think today as your business grows, I'm not saying you, you don't do the hard work, but you're not doing, I don't know, whatever a right brain guy doesn't like to do. Right. The, yeah, the mechanical piece of the, you know, I, I enjoyed the customer interaction. I enjoyed the sales side. That was what I really enjoyed. I didn't like the number side of the business. I never, that was just not my, not my niche. So, um, but as you know, as when you're starting a business, you're doing it all. And then, you know, gradually we just hire people to, to replace, you know, to replace those things that you need help with and that you're not good at. And that's, we've got a good team that way right now. We've got strength well, all the way across. But years ago when you weren't good at numbers, um, mm -hmm. again, I'm, I don't. I, I think your business might have been missing that which it needed, which is uh, some of that focus. Well, big time. And then you felt it, right? Right. In the in the way the business ran, it was erratic, or you know, low on cash, high, you know, full of cash. You know, the, all the stuff that that when you don't have a good financial focus of the business, you can run into. Right. Right. Spending too much occasionally. I don't know what you did. I don't even know if this is all true, but. Um, yeah, well, I wish I wish I knew today what everybody wishes they knew back then because in the market was really strong back then um, for our business and we didn't take advantage of it yeah. nearly what we could have. But you know, today we're, yeah. we're we're becoming that company, so I'm excited about that. One other big piece I really think along this journey that's been important too is from day one. You know, as much as the, the team members was how important it was that every customer was satisfied. I, I truly. We'll say, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of customers we've built in this business, and I've never been inside a courtroom with ever a customer. That's cool. And we do, you know, a lot of water treatment systems and a lot of things, a lot of, I'm not saying 
a lot of things haven't gone wrong through the years, but at the end of the day, I was always sure to make sure the customers were taken care of. And maybe through all the things I didn't do right, that was the one piece. And looking back at it today, it's truly the most important piece because yeah. that's who we are. And yeah. today our customer, our, how we're known, you know, we have open houses for our customers. I don't know if you've ever been able to stop by one. I know I some did. of the next you star some, people have. Yeah, it's some barbecue. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do a big, this year we had, you know, almost 3,000 customers come here for the weekend. And uh, we did it across four stores where we had about 5,000 total that came and, and uh, we're willing to open up our doors to our customers and let them come in and see who we are. And obviously the people are so proud to have them come in. It's really a, a great, a a great weekend for us oh, and, gosh, yes. and uh, for the good. customers. And we're, we're, we're willing to just expose ourselves to our customers. That's who we are, you know, and then take care of them. And we, we, uh, a big part of today is our reputation um, has been built from doing things like that for our customers. So. Yeah. Well, well done, okay. man. So, what, a, what a journey. Yeah, it's like I said, it's really fun right now. It's we have we're doing so many quick things. We're moving really quick right now and change. So it's yeah. exciting. Well, I just wanted to come in. You had a great story to tell, and I, it started with a conversation about your your journey through the water treatment business into the full home services now, including still the flagship trade here is is still water treatment. Right. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And I do feel that HVAC will become by far our biggest business. That's so a bigger industry. It's bigger industry, more opportunity. And uh, the way it's growing so quickly for us, I do feel that it will it will uh, take over water pretty quickly. So. Okay. Well, still, well done. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. And if you're ever in the Twin Cities, I know Jeff's a pretty open guy, just give him a call and go sit in the dream room for a little bit. And uh, it's a great place. And congratulations. And to all the, the Aquarius team listening to, well done, man. Because I know this is not just Jeff. For sure, I know it's not just Jeff. So, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, and thank you all for listening to this very interesting episode of Leadership Lounge. This is Jack Tester with Jeff Doherty from the Dream Room. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much.